This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard. On pain.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to pain.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening to the Dustin Gold Standard Podcast, episode 161, part two, folks, part two. All right, I think we're going to start with, um, this is complex, we've got to work through a lot of stuff. This might take a couple of episodes, and then we're going to get into all the natural resources and everything needed to build out the servers and everything inside the data center. I want to talk about that stuff with you and show you how 5G works and all this other stuff. But uh, let's start here because um, this is an article, and I'm going to use this because uh, several people sent me this article about a week ago when all of a sudden on social media, OpenAI's chat GPT kind of popped even though it was released uh, at the end of last year it's kind of all of a sudden it's out there everybody hears about it and then they're hearing about the microsoft one and they see all these stories that the bots are turning on people so i want to start with this article because many people sent it to me all right this is from zerohedge.com and i don't think i've ever read a zero hedge article on the show although i See zero hedge stuff all the time. And this is uh, by Tyler Durden. Mike Moore of the Thomas Paine podcast knows who Tyler is. Uh, We won't get into that. We're just going to use this because I know a lot of you have read it. It says dystopian artificial intelligence is not here. It is already here. It's not near. It is already here. And this is uh, from last week, February 15th. All right, and and this I tend to agree with, and this is why I keep telling you folks, it's not just about AI, but I don't want people to fall into this trap when they're scrolling through Twitter or Facebook or TikTok or Instagram or wherever it is you're picking up your news from supposed independent journalists and researchers, this idea that technocracy is coming. I've been showing you it's already here. Uh, they've already got the house built. They're just really kind of putting the siding and the shingles on it right now. Uh, it is already here. And I think it's important that you, uh, understand this. Now, this was authored by Dr. Sean Lynn and Jackie Wan via the, uh, Epoch Times. It says in November, 2022, the release of an artificial intelligence online chatting program named ChatGPT shocked the world. This program is so, quote, smart, end quote, that it delivers frighteningly human-like responses and seems to have very few flaws compared to previous versions. 
not only do people treat it as a conversation companion, but they have also started to use this AI technology for a variety of tasks, such as completing homework, creating stunning images, writing poems, etc. Now, I will say uh, chat GPT does not uh, create images. Uh, as far as I know, folks, it says using chat GPT is like accessing a supercomputer's brain, making this technology intriguing and exciting, but also a bit scary and threatening. In 2014, Elon Musk warned that AI, quote, we are summoning the demon, end quote. But this threat could only become real when AI, like ChatGPT, could generate responses to questions that are indistinguishable from how a human would respond. Now, we've gone over Elon Musk in depth on this show. I think I dedicated five or six episodes to him, specifically on the Neuralink brain chip, but I've talked about spacex and starlink and some of his other companies and he had said we are summoning the demon and remember i've talked about this this is so long ago so if you guys are new to the show i broke this down that elon musk is sitting there uh and he said this several times on the joe rogan experience he appeared there at least three times i think 2018 2020 and 2021 i could fact check that with glenda but i don't really want to um but uh, no, he's always said, you know, we're summoning the demon. AI could get to the point where it's going to destroy humanity. That is why someone like me, because the politicians won't listen to me, has to be the one to create it. And then we can create a governing body that oversees the ethics of it. And if I can govern the governing body that oversees the governance of the governing body that has a governing committee that governs the technology, then we can make sure it doesn't destroy uh, humanity. And how is that going to happen well we're going to have to merge with that and we're going to have to put a brain chip in our head and merge with ai and the hive mind right that's the solution to all this in the end because if you're to believe that elon musk uh, and peter thiel and bill gates and mark zuckerberg and Jack Dorsey, and Jeff Bezos, and all these characters. I mean, there's dozens of these technocratic oligarchs walking around. If you're to believe that they really are the richest men on earth, they just play musical chairs every day, they swap seats. This guy's up, this one's down, this one's richest, this one's not. If you're really to believe that, right, and these are the guys we know that are the bag men for the real power, you know, the Bank for International Settlements, the Rockefellers, Rothschilds and such, they're the bag men. They walk around with the cash and they fund all of the startups and all of the companies that are building all the technology that make up artificial intelligence and make up smart cities and make up the Internet of Things and make up the data centers, right? They are the guys behind that. They pass the money out. Uh, when the government isn't doing it directly through the CIA's venture firm in QTEL or through grants handed out by the government or through research projects or through investments or contracts generated by the state, these guys walk around and hand out the cash. So if they were really against all this, I mean, use common sense here. If they were really against this, they would stop funding it. Not only would they stop funding it and investing in it, they would actually come forward together as a collection of 
Marvel superheroes standing on the stage and saying, we are the smartest, most intelligent, richest businessmen, technologists, scientists, and engineers, and we are calling for an international ban on the advancement of technology into these areas, X, Y, and Z, right? And they would name these, and they would call for that. And they are the richest men on earth. You're supposed to believe that. So therefore, it would all end. Why? Because let's say if we live in fictitious land, and I come up with a great idea for a new AI that creates deep fakes in a different way, and I start programming it here in my basement office, right? And I'm working on it night and day. And I'm then packaging this up into a business plan. And I'm going out to venture capital firms like Y Combinator or Teal Capital or some of these others out there. There's plenty of them. And I'm pitching this and I'm trying to get five, 10, 20, 50 million dollars to bring this technology to a stage in which we can launch it as a product or as a service, or we can build up customers online and then sell it to someone bigger like Microsoft or Google or Amazon or one of Elon Musk companies, because that's what the business model is. There has to be an exit strategy. Well, how are we going to cash in? How do we turn our $10 million investment into $50 million, right? So these guys would just stop funding it. And they would call for an end to it. And the little guy in his basement like me would never be able to succeed because I can't develop something like that all on my own without the money, without the proper computers, without the software, right? So I wouldn't be able to do it by bootstrapping, by driving around, delivering for DoorDash or Instacart or driving people around in Lyft or Uber, right? It's a fantasy to believe that people are bootstrapping tech companies and they say they grew out of a garage, right? And the guy was delivering a pizza to fund his operation. No, impossible, not going to happen. So if they wanted this to end, if they really believed it was dangerous, if they really believed it was going to destroy humanity, and that's something that you're supposed to believe that they care about, then they wouldn't be funding it. So what does it tell you? It tells you they're funding it because they want to destroy humanity. You can't sit there and say, we're summoning the demon and then fund the summoning of the demon unless you're trying to summon the demon. But when you take Elon Musk, a guy who dressed up like a demon in a very high-end custom-made demon costume for Halloween and then use that as your profile picture on Twitter and other platforms, I think the idea here is that he's trying to summon the demon. Would you not say that that is probably a logical conclusion? I think so. So just think of it that way. It would end if they wanted it to end. Just like we know the real pollution, and if climate change is real, whether or not it's man-made doesn't matter. Uh, if you're building all this technology and it's reached exponential growth because you keep generating more and more data every single day and you have to collect that and store it and process it and build data centers, use physical land, use resources to build all the computer chips and then keep generating more electricity through whatever means to power your data centers, Right. If you're really creating pollution, that's really creating climate change, that's really destroying the planet, that's really using up resources and land and everything else, and you actually cared about that, then you would step back with your little group of Marvel superheroes 
at one of your World Economic Forum meetings or your Council on Foreign Relation meetings or your International Monetary Fund meetings or your World Government Summit meetings or your UN Sustainability meetings, and you would sit back and you'd say, hey, guys, listen, here's the deal. I know, let's say I'm Elon Musk, I would say, guys, I know that my mother's father, my maternal grandfather was heavily involved with the early days of technocracy incorporated and he advocated for building a technocracy and i know we're doing a great job at actually making this happen we're already in the middle of it the culture's here the technology's here it's continuing to go up and we're going to have worldwide power and control over all humans we're going to be able to block out the sun manipulate the weather with cloud seeding we could do all this stuff we are the gods now but i hate to tell you this it's not going to work because in the process of trying uh, uh, us trying to control everything using this technological model that we've come up with we are actually going to destroy the planet and burn it up so we have to come up with a new idea Maybe we get rid of the technology, we go back to the old days where we have castles, and then we just throw the peasants breadcrumbs, and they can't revolt against us because they don't have enough money to build up an army. How about we do that? Because there's no sense in destroying the planet while we're trying to control the planet, because then we would have actually done the opposite of what we wanted to do, unless they are trying to destroy the planet unless that's part of their goal which i haven't figured that one out yet because it would mean all of them have a death wish well if that's the case why don't all these marvel superheroes just walk out on the town green and all shoot themselves in the head together live on tv why don't they do that i don't know instead they want to take us down with them so you can't sit there and claim that you are warning people about the very thing that you are funding, you are building, and you are bringing into existence. You're giving birth to artificial intelligence. You're giving birth to technocracy. You're giving birth to transhumanism. It is you that's doing it. So you can't warn people about the dangers of it while at the same time you're building it. And I've heard people make this case with Peter Thiel. Oh, he's just an investor. He's just a libertarian, contrarian, conservative investor. So how is he claiming to be a libertarian when Palantir, that he started with CIA money, via the venture firm InQtel is inside the IRS helping hunt down regular everyday Americans and destroy their lives. Libertarians were supposed to be against the IRS, calling to close the IRS, close the Federal Reserve, get rid of the income tax. And now all of a sudden, Peter Thiel is inside the IRS helping the state. Does that make any sense to you whatsoever? So someone like Peter Thiel, you can't tell me all these horrible things he's invested in. It's all excused. It's all excused because he's an investor. He's not just an investor. I'll talk about this in a moment, folks. I'll be right back from this break. My name is Dustin Gold of the Dustin Gold Standard right here on Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at Payne.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Payne.tv slash gold. My name is Dustin Gold, and you are listening 
to the Dustin Gold Standard. So, as I was saying, before I rudely interrupted myself <laughs> to go into that break, is you take Peter Thiel, and I've heard people say this, you know, he, he's just an investor, so he's invested in all of these things, and, um, you know, if these things come to fruition, it's not his fault. Look, there is a difference, let's be clear, between you having your, you know, let's say a managed 401k or you have stocks inside of an IRA, and you say to yourself, all right, well, the government is pushing forward with the COVID jabs, and I see this company, Moderna, being talked about. And so what the hell? I'm going to go buy 10 shares of Moderna at $100 a share because I think it's going to go up to $250, $300 a share. And I am going to turn my whatever $1,000 into $2,500 or $3,000 in the course of a year. Okay, your 10 shares you bought really didn't have an effect on anything. All right. But in the case of a Peter Thiel, he will go into a company like that, make a major investment. He usually comes in in the early rounds and puts in seed money and raises seed money. And then he owns a big piece of the company from the early stages and actually helps direct it, make decisions for the company, decide the direction they're going in, tell them he wants to go after government contracts like his stuff that he used for COVID tracking. Right. So there's a major difference. Between buying a couple of shares as someone like you and me, and then a guy who comes in and actually runs the company and the direction of the company. And they say, well, these guys like to get into these companies so they can help control it in the case of, say, a Musk or a Peter Thiel, so that they don't push it in the wrong direction. Really? Then why are all of Peter Thiel's companies working in cooperation with the government and the state? He didn't go inside that company and buy it to make sure that, let's say, for instance, uh, OpenAI was only going to use their chat GPT for the purpose of helping creatives. It's just a souped-up version of a Photoshop or an Illustrator or a Premiere or an Audition. No, he pushes it further, and the next thing you know, it's embedded in the government. They're using it to help track people down. They're using it to run smart city technology. His Clearview AI software does facial recognition scans. They have it in smart cities. I mean, so you can't claim to be against it and then also be funding it, building it, developing it, and bringing it to market and doing it in partnership with the government in almost all cases. You can't make that argument. I'm supposed to have a discussion with Joe Allen specifically about Peter Thiel. Joe Allen is a reporter who works with uh, Steve Bannon in his show and talks about technocracy. And I've gone back and forth with Joe Allen on a few occasions, uh, maybe several occasions, on Twitter. And, And it seems to be like he defends Peter Thiel, but he attacks Elon Musk, and the two go hand in hand. Uh, And so we were supposed to have a discussion. He wanted to have a debate. I told him, I don't want to debate, but we'll have a discussion. We're supposed to be on the same side. And maybe we can enlighten each other, walk away from the conversation, having learned more. Because I have a lot of information on Peter Thiel. And it seems to me that there's many folks that are supposedly on our side, uh, even folks coming from the right and MAGA world, they will defend Peter Thiel, but it's because they don't know anything about him. I happen to know someone who runs a Christian conservative nonprofit, pretty big in the D.C. circles, and 
One of their board members is J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance is a puppet, a minion of Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel had him working for him, and then he funded his campaign, right? And so if J.D. Vance is on the board of this organization, this nonprofit, then Peter Thiel somehow has his hands in it. It's pretty safe to say that. It's my opinion. I haven't fully researched it, but I can almost guarantee it. And so I had some conversations with this guy, and I said, listen, I believe you're a big Christian, and you're a big Christian conservative, but do you know that Peter Thiel has openly said that Christianity and transhumanism are very similar and only have small metaphysical differences because both Christianity offers you eternal life in the heavens with God and transhumanism offers you immortality here on earth, you know, handed to you by people like Peter Thiel. Now, if you're really some kind of a big Christian and you believe in this, would Peter Thiel not be an enemy to you? You would not be an ally of him after he made that comment. But Money is very powerful, folks, and uh, everyone can be had for a price. All right, let's continue with this article here because that was enough of a side rant on uh, Peter Thiel and Elon Musk and these guys being complete and total hypocrites. goes on to say this technology, talking about chat GPT, is so powerful that there now exists a widespread concern that the landscape of many industries will be transmuted by this advancement, including academia and healthcare. Now, if the academics and the healthcare professionals really get on board with fighting against this, uh, then there's a chance at at least some pushback. But I don't think the designer and creative community are going to have any uh, say in this matter. It goes on to say, jobs that usually require a human touch such as those in the fields of journalism and the service industry, are facing replacement and automation. We have long thought that the art of language stands at the pinnacle of human wisdom. Yet artificial intelligence is knocking right at its doorstep. It is challenging our uniqueness and intruding upon our lives. goes on to say artificial intelligence is now extremely advanced and capable. Chat GPT can basically chat about anything you want, from analyzing code for you to writing full-on essays and poems. This free online program describes itself as a computer program designed to, quote, understand and respond to natural language inputs, end quote, such as text conversations. And we will break down a lot of the technology that is actually behind this, because it's like me showing you the cloud computing and the data centers and everything that goes behind this smart planet tech, the technocracy. I want to show you sometimes what's behind these programs because I don't want people to think of this stuff as magical. It is just technology. It is just calculations and algorithms and software. So I, I like to show that to folks. It's it's like I've said the other day on the show. Remember the old uh, the old TV program? It would come out, I think, once a year, twice a year, and it was the magician 
who was the masked magician and he would unveil the magic tricks. Like it might be a magic trick you saw David Copperfield do 10 years earlier in a special. And now this magician with the mask was showing you the secrets behind David Copperfield's trick. How do they make the elephant disappear? Well, that's kind of like what I I, I want to do here. I don't want people to think of this stuff as magical. It's not magical. All right. It's just technology. So We will lift the veil, pull back the curtain, and show you how this stuff works in layman's terms, in layman's terms. All right. It says artificial intelligence is now extremely advanced and capable. Chat GPT can basically chat about anything you want. From analyzing code for you to writing full-on essays and poems, this free online program describes itself as a computer program designed to understand and respond to natural language inputs such as text conversations. ChatGPT stands for Chat Generative Pre-Trained Transformer. You got that? Not transsexual or transgender. It's a transformer, folks, a transformer. Chat generative pre-trained transformer. And we'll get into what generative AI is as well. goes on to say the program is based on a set of technologies developed and used in programs that generate user-friendly responses. Artificial intelligence is something that needs to be taught how to think and respond using technology that functions like neural networks. This process involves feeding the artificial intelligence mountains of information before it can process it, adapt, learn, create, and become intelligent, right? And so what I was reading recently uh, I, I, I'm not sure if we're going to pull that up in this conversation, but they loaded in about 570 gigabytes of text files, which is pretty enormous, into chat GPT in order to train it. All right. Now, you can train chat GPT as well. For instance, if you want to have it write a blog post in your style, Uh, as I showed here, and maybe we'll do a sample of it. You could pull up your writing style and you can load that into ChatGPT and you can ask it to analyze your writing style. And it will come back and they'll say, okay, this is your writing style. And then you'll load in another chunk of text and it'll further analyze it. And then it can write you a blog post on a particular topic in your style. So for instance, if you're running a blog and you don't want your audience to notice all of a sudden that the blog posts no longer sound like you, this is how you would train chat GPT to write in your style. It goes on to say chat GPT uses the latest edition of GPT and is capable of generating a large amount of human-like text based on minimal input. It already processed an unimaginably large amount of data that enabled it to learn what to return to the user when asked a question. For example, if you asked ChatGPT to write you a poem, it would generate something like this, quote, Beneath the starry sky so bright, with gentle breeze and silver light, I stand and gaze into the night and let my thoughts take flight. The moon and stars above me shine, guiding me through the dark divine, reminding me of love and time and all the beauty that is mine. The world is vast, yet small and grand, 
a mystery waiting to be scanned with secrets hidden in the sand and stories waiting to be canned so let me stand beneath the stars and let my soul and spirit soar for in this beauty free from bars i find my heart forevermore and you folks have seen i've asked chat gpt my version i call her glenda i asked glenda to write us several poems throughout the last few episodes in fact i had it write us a poem yesterday in closing out the show written in the voice of jeff bezos about us running out of physical space for data centers to store the vast amounts of data we're collecting every day on every human here on planet earth and it was able to do that I had it wrote, write me poems in the style of Donald Trump on specific topics. I had it write me a poem in the voice of Morgan Freeman writing about the raid on Trump's house. You know, so you've seen it. I, I've been working that into the show because I wanted to show you the possibilities. I wanted to show you Glenda in action. Uh, and at the same time, in episode 157, I was going to have it generate us a whole President's Day debate, but it didn't work. It turned into a two-hour show where I actually showed you the limitations of chat GPT. All right, ladies and gentlemen, when we get back, let's get through this article, and then I'm going to start walking you through uh, chat GPT. I'm going to show you how it works. We're going to lift the veil. Ladies and gentlemen, right now, I'm going to close the veil on this show as I go to a short commercial break. My name is Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. 